Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 626 of the Juicebox Podcast. Maggie is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes and another child who has antibodies for type 1. Today, we're going to talk to her about her family, her story, her hopes and dreams, her struggles, and her triumphs. I'm just kidding. I, we're just going to chat. I don't really remember what we talked about. But, but that sounded great, didn't it? In 1914, Maggie was born in the weird world of type 1 parenting. She, see, we get a deep enough voice. You don't even have to make sense, right? Maggie was born in a log cabin in the middle of winter with no electricity and no hope. But she climbed out only to later have children who would one day have type 1 diabetes. But that did not thwart Maggie. Maggie did not give up. She didn't blink an eye. See? I mean, anything in a deep voice really sounds important. Please remember while you're listening today that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a a physician, a doctor before you know what I'm talking about. Become bold. Just talk to your doctor before you make changes to your healthcare plan. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by... Who do I want to be sponsored by today? It's my choice, really. I can do whatever I want. Hmm. Hmm. No. No. Hmm. Yeah. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to say hello to Dexcom. The podcast is also sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash, and the forthcoming Omnipod 5. Learn more later today in the episode about Omnipod, their promise, and so much more. Head over to Omnipod.com forward slash juice box to get started today with the Omnipod Dash. I'm Maggie, and I live in Gilbert, Arizona, and uh, I'm a nurse, and I have a newly diagnosed son with type 1 who just turned 8, and we're waiting on my oldest son, who's 10, to be diagnosed. <laughs> oh, hold on. Why, did, why do you think the second is going to be diagnosed? Well, we did the whole trial net thing. And he came back with two positive antibodies, and then we did further testing, and he came back with three positive then. So it's progressing, it seems? Yeah. Yeah, how- it's slowly progressing. What do they – so what will they do for you? What will TrialNet be able to help you with? So TrialNet really couldn't do anything, honestly. Like, they called me on a – I don't know, it was back in March or April – told me my son had two positive antibodies, but due to COVID, there was nothing they could do to further do any testing, at least here in Phoenix. And uh, they said they'd fly us out to California to do further testing. But I'm like, we're going to fly all the way to California just for um, an A1C and a glucose tolerance test. So we did not want to do that because I have two other kids, you know, at home. And uh, I actually ended up calling my pediatrician here and she arranged getting us into the hospital and doing further 
because she apparently was affiliated with TrialNet before COVID. Oh. So, she, yeah, she got us in and did further testing for us. Now, are there trials that your son can get into? No, because he failed the glucose tolerance test. If he would have passed it and they would have considered it stage one, then he could have gotten on one of their um, drugs. Okay. So people who, all right. So if you're in stage one, that's early enough for their drug trials. Yeah. Where you're, you have the antibodies, but you can pass the glucose tolerance test. So you're not quite you know, starting to, your pancreas is still working pretty well. So, okay. So that, I guess, obviously there's nothing you could have done because I'm assuming you only knew because of your first son, your other son's diagnosis. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, But I guess the idea is for other people, the earlier you find out about things, the more you may be eligible to do to try to slow progression and those things. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry it wasn't in time for your son. I know. I'm hoping he can maybe get on that. Oh, that other one that I can never pronounce the name that was supposed to be FDA approved. Oh, that they're, they're seem like they're having, it's a slowdown getting it through the Tamiz- yeah. Tamizaplob. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I don't, every time I say it, I'm not sure I'm saying it correctly. So. Yeah. I have no idea either. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long ago was your, um, your son diagnosed? He was diagnosed, um, Two days before Halloween last year, so October of 2020. Oh, so almost a year now. Yeah, coming up on a year now. Nothing in your background suggested something like this might happen? No, nothing. Doesn't run on either side of our families, nor does autoimmune. Hmm. My father has type 2, but... Yeah, no like celiac, no thyroid, stuff like that. No, nothing at all. The only thing weird is my husband, like he gets really weird viruses. So I don't know if that triggered anything. Your husband gets really weird viruses. <laughs> yeah. Like when he was a kid, he had like scarlet fever and, you know, all the weird stuff that people don't get anymore. He had encephalitis and meningitis. <laughs> it sounds like he's, um, in, a, it sounds like he's in a, a Western film. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he gets some really weird stuff. So that's the only thing we can think of. But that's interesting. No, uh, no other autoimmune or anything else. I'm adding two things to my question list now. So you don't have to answer uh, any bipolar in the family or pan- any bipolar. Yeah. Or pancreatic cancer. Uh, no pancreatic cancer. As far as bipolar. I mean, I definitely probably have like, like relatives, not like, not like my mom or dad or right. any close relatives, but I have like cousins and stuff possibly. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all. I'm, I'm building my anecdotal list. I'm actually, uh, this week I'm going to go to, uh, I have a meeting with the T1D exchange and yeah. I'm going to tell them like, I've now heard enough people say some of these things. Like I, I hope they add these to their questions. Because, oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I mean, how many times is someone going to come on here and be like, oh, I'm bipolar and I have type one or my my mom <laughs> has pancreatic cancer. Like pancreatic cancer is not that common. No, and, not at all. And so many times I hear like, oh, yeah, my grandmother had pancreatic. I'm like, man, what is going on? Like there's some sort of weird. Some sort of relation. Yeah, yeah. that I can't see because I'm stupid. But I, I, I can hear it enough to think like somebody should pay attention to this. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And you're hearing it more than everybody else, I'm sure. I get to talk to a lot of varied people. So, you know, yeah. I'm going to bring it up. They'll probably be like, 
please stop thinking so much and just <laughs> ask people to sign up to the exchange. <laughs> we'll see. That's hilarious. Maybe not. We'll find out. Um, wow. How long have you been married? Uh, technically, we've only been married for two years, but we've been together like 11 years. All these kids that, uh, and I feel like I've counted three, they're with your husband? Yep. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I like the, uh, so you guys just were like, hey, we'll just start a family. And then were you ever thinking of getting married or were you considering not even doing it? This has nothing to do with diabetes. We we're considering not doing it because I was, I got married really young um, back in my 20s and got divorced and pretty much swore I would never get married again. And then I met him and we had uh, two kids. And finally, when I got pregnant with my third one, he's like, come on, you got to take my last name now. <laughs> <laughs> so we can keep track. So I finally agree. Kids. I was like, well, yeah, you're right. It gets annoying at school to sign different names for the kids and me. <laughs> so for clarity, Maggie, you got married <laughs> for the ease of filling out forms. Basically, yeah. And insurance, you know. We're not going to let your husband hear this, right? Because he's <laughs> no. slightly heartbroken. Maybe. <laughs> He knows. He knows. He We're knows. all good. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> that and my married last name would be, or my married name now is Maggie McGeehy. It's the most Irish, hardest name to say. It's spelled like somebody spelled it wrong, too. Exactly. I know. <laughs> and so uh, it took a long time for me to want to take that name. The It really does. It looks like. I, I we're, but we already said where you live. We're basically telling people how to get to your house now, which I feel badly about. But oh yeah, the, I didn't think about that. The, but <laughs> the, I'll take out the town when I edit it <laughs> because the, um, the, right. the the last name is like Mick. He <laughs> he. Yeah, I know. When I we tell people to spell it, we say he hey. <laughs> yeah, I probably wouldn't have married him either. I see what you're getting at. <laughs> Uh, are you irish or i mean your first name is maggie you're irish right yeah, yeah. my family is like irish english and then his is, he's like irish and spanish so that's the other thing by the way not that this is any great like secret but scandinavians uh, Kel uh celtic like do you have any idea how many people say like my ancestors are from ireland when they come on or england or like it's all very i mean not that anybody can't get type one but I hear that so yeah. much, unless I'm just reaching an Irish audience, which I, I think the podcast is uh, right. reaching, reaching enough people. I'm not just in one town in Boston. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, no, I've definitely heard it on your podcast. Yeah. It really it fascinates me. Uh, yeah. The, there's connections there, obviously. You get the, I don't know. Maybe 300 years ago, some people weren't out in the sun enough or something. I have no idea. But apparently. Um, anyway. So, uh, what was it like? I mean, what was the start of, because he was eight? Or he was seven. Yeah, he was seven um, when it happened. And me, I mean, I'm a nurse and I saw all the signs and symptoms. And I even told myself several times, like, oh, I only know children that wet their bed have diabetes. But I was just in denial because, mm. um, you know, school went back last September after COVID. And literally the night before they went back, my son just was throwing just huge tantrums. And that was the first night he, he, uh, wet the bed and he's never done that even as a toddler. Right. And I just kind of chalked it up to behavioral wise. Cause he just didn't like the change of having to go back to school being off so long. And then, uh, that was in September, never happened again. And, uh, we all went to Oregon like mid October 
and the entire plane ride in the airport and everything. I mean, he was just downing water like he couldn't get enough, but we thought he was bored because we had layovers and he kept wanting to go to the water fountain, you know, to get water. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, looking back now, the entire vacation, he, you know, peed every five minutes and was downing water and he was starving and he's a not a kid that eats a lot. So all the signs were there and we came home from our trip and I actually, he threw some more tantrums and then he wet the bed again. And this was like a month and a half later. So it was only like once or twice in between there. And I made him an appointment with his pediatrician because I just thought to myself, it's either diabetes or behavioral. And then uh, my husband and I, we actually did keto like, I don't know, years ago. And I happened to find the old um, keto strips that we had that we would pee on to see if we were in ketosis. (laughs) And uh, they were like six years old, but me and my husband peed on one and then I made him pee on one and it instantly turned like purple. So took him over to urgent care just to get a finger stick and it wouldn't read. And then we went to the ER from there. Oh, he didn't have to go back to schools uh, as quickly as everybody else. That's uh, terrible. <laughs> Jeez. I, it's interesting. The path you fi- found of figuring it out too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, just, it was, it's different. Uh, I mean, it's your background, right? You were like, Oh, I can get these strips and, and that'll, yeah. Work, you know. Yeah. Some of it was my background, but a lot of it, you know, my husband kept saying things and I just was like, whatever in denial he's like you know he's really losing weight and he looks sick and i just kept thinking he's fine you were like listen buddy you get a real last name and i'll start listening to you <laughs> exactly right <laughs> i can't take you seriously with that last name um, well yeah so did you not want to say it do you look back and diagnose yourself in that moment or yeah i don't i just uh I just was convinced that, you know, it was more of a hereditary thing and that was just not something that ran in our family. And he's always been our, uh, I guess you would say difficult one. So his tantrums and weirdness, like didn't really throw me off. And honestly, all my kids drink a ton because we're just a big, we live in Arizona. We drink water, like it's going out of style. So it just wasn't hitting me until you know, I actually took a look too. like, oh, you're right. You know, looking back at pictures and like, he's definitely lost weight and hmm. something's going on. Yeah. That sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I had another question. that just fell out of my head. I'll find it. Hold on. Wait, a- you know, what's wrong. I have this other thought that's in the way you, you <laughs> mentioned that he went to the, like he peed the bed and I was like, I wonder. Yeah. Where the- and then it made me wonder where the term pissed off comes from. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's, that's random and I do not need to be diagnosed with ADHD by any of your emails. Okay. But, um, okay. I just, uh, I, um, I was like, Oh, I wonder where that comes from. And anyway, I don't know. And I, I haven't looked, it's just stuck in my head now wondering where it comes from. I, I, and then you, you know, you kind of went the, the strip route and then there was like, you know, peeing on the, there was more peeing talk. Exactly. Yeah. I just kept feeding my like, thoughts. This all is, yeah. we're going in circles here. I was like, like, we can't just call this episode. Like, pissy hee hee or something like that but i'm very close <laughs> to trying to figure it out uh, but but no oh, i can't wait to see what you name it <laughs> well, i'm gonna have to go back over it before i know for certain uh but it just it really did get stuck in my head and then it made me lose my real question i'm embarrassed now <laughs> 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 um but okay so he's diagnosed you leave the hospital with what kind of gear 
So, so that was kind of the crappy part. So I, I used to be an ER nurse and, um, you know, so I took him actually to the ER I used to work at. Granted, um, the ER I used to work at, there was a ped side and adult side and I worked on the adult side, but I still knew, um, some of the ped, peds nurses. Mm-hmm. And, um, we got there and they took us right back cause, um, you know, his blood sugar wasn't registering on their glucometer either. But um, he wasn't in DKA, thankfully, but I do feel like I got a little shafted because I was a nurse. They were like, well, you know, we're just going to give him eight units of Lantus. He's not in DKA. He was like borderline. His blood sugar was like 688 or something. Um, And his A1C was like 11. And they're like, we're just going to give him eight units of Lantus and send you home. At this point, it's like 1 a.m., 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, call the uh, endo in the morning and get yourself in there. And I was just like dumbfounded and floored because I was like, you know, being a nurse, I'm like, I can't take him home and go to sleep with him with no glucometer, no nothing. I'm just going to lay here and freak out the entire time. But that's what they did. They sent oh, me home with they did eight the, units of Lannis. Yeah, <laughs> the old, you know what you're doing. Get out of yep, here. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so did you know what you were doing? No, not a clue. I mean, I had managed, I've managed DK a lot in the ER. That's no big deal, but definitely in adults. And most of them were type twos. Um, but I've never, I didn't realize what a difference type one and type two really were. And mm-hmm. I've never had to manage it, you know, outside of a emergency situation. In the last year of managing with type one, have you found your nursing to be helpful or a hindrance? Both. It definitely, um, it's, I mean, it's definitely good because I have, I have knowledge and I know, you know, I can jump on things before he, you know, when he gets sick, I know what to look for sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, I just, I don't know. I have the mom nurse brain too. So I ignore a lot of things. Um, my husband would probably tell you that I think I know it all because I'm a nurse <laughs> when it comes to his diabetes. So that gets in the way sometimes too. Do you know, are you usually right? Or do you find yourself just like kind of mindlessly and without any real reason trusting yourself when you don't know there, what you're talking about? There are times when I know, like I know what needs to be done or what I'm seeing, um, I can't like think of examples right now, but Mm -hmm. then there's other times where I'm just totally freaking winging it and I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) And I mean, and that would be pretty obvious if you looked at his A1Cs and numbers. (laughs) (laughs) How, um, I was going to ask you. So first of all, I was about to ask you what, what outcomes look like, but then it occurred to me that I want to hear Michael Jackson sing your last name. (laughs) Then I realized he was dead and I was like, well, we can't make that happen. Um, but do you know why I'm saying that? No. Oh, I have to figure out. There's a one song where he goes, he gets really high, and he goes hee hee hee, and I'm just like, oh my oh, god, yeah. we need to get him to sign sing your name. I need oh, a Michael man. Jackson impersonator on this show immediately. Um, yeah. What song is that? It's going to drive me nuts now. Uh, it's like one of his most famous ones. On. For me. The way you make me feel. Right, which one is that? Is that is it called? Is that way? it? Yeah, I think so. That's the one I'm thinking of. Okay. 
we're just going to take You're it. probably right. I'm not, I never was a huge Michael Jackson fan, but I, I definitely I, know all his songs. <laughs> I don't know that I am either. It just, <laughs> it is called The Way You Make Me Feel. And there's a hee-hee in it, and I'm standing okay. by everything that I've just said. <laughs> Right. No, I believe you. I know what you're talking about. You, should, you, should, you really shouldn't believe me. I mean, that's a mistake. I think Arden pointed out in her episode <laughs> that everybody's probably should figure out. Um, okay. Boom, boom, boom. The kid. Okay. Nurse brain. Trusting yourself yeah. and maybe you shouldn't. So what are your outcomes like in the first year? Um, honestly, I like to blame everything on the Omnipod, but we... Uh, definitely aren't where I want us to be. We just had our last endo appointment two weeks ago and he was still at a Mm 7.2, which I knew that was going to happen. We just come out of summer. And so, you know, he spent summer break nonstop snacking and eating. If I could get the damn kid to pre-bolus, we would be fine. Yeah. But that's a real issue for us. And we're not, we can't loop. Um, It wouldn't help. You'd have to pre-bolus with loop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have pre- we have a lot, you know, I feel like we have a lot of pod issues, but then sometimes I'm like, is it pod issues or is it site issues or well, is he just insulin resistant at times? May, <laughs> may I say, if you're not pre-bolusing your meals, and I'm not just talking to you now, Maggie, I'll be talking to anybody who's listening. If you're not pre-bolusing your meals, I don't really care how you're getting your insulin. It Once the food gets ahead of the insulin, you're screwed. Like Absolutely. That, that's it. Like, so you, you can't, you can't say it's a site because the site would have worked fine if you would have given the insulin, the upper hand in the situation. But once you let the food get ahead of the insulin and now you're chasing the blood sugar and you think, well, I'm putting in enough often. And what seems like enough in those situations is, is maybe never enough. And now time is also part of what you need. And, you know, you hear people like I'll run around or drink water. Like you're now you're, like you're deep into the, into your tool belt, like pulling on ideas, like, well, maybe this will help. Maybe this will help instead of just pre-bolusing, which would, I'm assuming likely fix the whole thing. I bet if he pre-bolusing his A1Cs and the sixes. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I 100% agree. And I know that. And I'm, and I've gotten to the point now where I'm trying to bribe him. Um, <laughs> and now that he's back in school, I'm really hoping cause now I can, um, text him. you know, they're on a schedule so I can get him to pre-bolus. Mm-hmm. But we've been, you know, sometimes we've been, we have a lot of issues at night, which is weird, you know, when he's went hours without eating and is in dead sleep. And, you know, I've done the increases just like last night, for instance, I think I gave him four units within two hours before I finally just pulled his pot off. And this was at like, you know, 1am. So he hadn't eaten since. 8 p.m. the night before that seems like that could be is he growing is he gained weight or getting taller or anything like that you know he's he's a slow grower but yeah i mean he has gained a little weight um so growth hormone but, you know, just, happens overnight like really yeah, okay because i'm like why is this all this it's just been like the last three nights and i listen to you guys after three days i'm gonna increase his basil tonight right after we just got done, we actually decreased his basal last week because he was having lows all night. Well, yeah, so that's um, the weird thing with the growth hormone stuff. Like okay. The kids are growing. I'm, you're making me remember this. I'm going to have a flashback that's unpleasant. But um, <laughs> you, uh, it feels like as soon as you, the, the, the key to it, I hate to say this, the key to it is not to wait. 
So the problem okay. is, is that by the time you find a pattern, usually whatever is making the pattern happen stops <laughs> and then, it, yeah. or, or, you know, takes a break or whatever, however you want to put it. So if you are fighting a hormone thing and then suddenly start getting low again, like don't wait three days. Like I, I go right away from it. And then if it, okay. and then if the resistance comes back or, and I don't even think of it as resistance, but it, it's, if the hormone impact comes back, jump right back on it again. I mean, and you're on a pump, so you can just change. You don't have to, you don't have to, it's not like you have to wait till the next morning to inject your, your slow acting or anything like that. So I, yeah. I, I say just stay very flexible and, and meet needs as they happen. I don't think. So I'm, you think, you think growth hormone would cause like that much? I mean, cause normally, you know, a half a unit to a unit will drop him, but he never, never even dropped a point. Yeah, I would say yes. I mean, it's you know, okay. but keeping in mind that I'm a moron and not a doctor and stuff. No, like no. That. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say <laughs> yes. I would say that based on my experience, the amount of insulin that I found myself using in the middle of the night for Arden at times while she was growing was surprisingly um, a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And okay. so, um, it's not a fun time. The growth hormone. Yeah, I was just like convinced that his legs just have scar tissue or tunneling or something. <laughs> yeah, I would. So I would say to most people, while those things can happen, scar tissue in a year seems unlikely. Tunneling. Yeah. I have an episode on tunneling. I just haven't put up yet. Um, oh. it, not that common. Um, okay. You know, like I, I would don't look too far for problems. Like okay. the, the most common sense, reasonable solution is likely the right one, or at least the the right place to start. I, I think that it's not uncommon for what you're describing. Like, you know, uh, there's something wrong with my site. There's, uh, the insulin, the one that always gets me is the insulin's bad. Like we're in 2021, everyone has a refrigerator and people are like, did your insulin go bad? I'm like, that's your first thought. Like probably yeah. not. You know what I mean? Like, like, like just go with what makes sense. And what makes sense is there's an impact happening in the body that needs more or less insulin and just meet that need. Now, once you've done that, you know, look at other things and it will take, I don't know how much time it's going to take you, but you can see when a pump isn't going to, when it's done, like when a site's done, you know, it doesn't matter which pump you're using. Like there are moments where you're just like, this site is not, it's just not good anymore. It's not going to work anymore. And Arden had it the other day. Like she was on like a, a 48 hour like carb bender <laughs> the other day is yeah. what it would look like. Like, and finally I was just like, Hey, we got to change your site. Um, you've just, we've just put way too much insulin through this site in the last 48 hours and it's just not reacting anymore. So let's just change it and go. And, and we did that. And, um, but when it went bad, her blood sugar, well, when it went bad, it went bad after a bagel so her mm -hmm. blood sugar, she comes home from something and she's like, look how well I did with my bagel. And I was like, I see 140 diagonal up. And she goes, no, I did so good with this. She's like, I ate that bagel two hours ago. And she's all like, I had this. And I was like, eh, all right. And so we looked and I was like, uh, you can try Bolson again. Maybe you missed. And she's like, I really don't think I didn't use enough insulin. So we waited a little longer and her blood sugar started running and we made one more bolus and that bolus didn't stop the run. And so we bailed on the pump. But that was based on, like I said, we knew we had run a lot of insulin through that in the 48 hours prior. There was chi yeah. Chinese food. And you know you know when that happens, like suddenly you look up like three days later and you're like, I've not eaten one good thing in the last three days. Um, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you're like, yes, I do. That was the role she yes. was on. 
Yeah. See, I'm still like, oh, I'm always going back and forth. Like, is it the pump or, you know, yeah. Is it that he, you know, he obviously didn't pre-bowls for sure, but I just get, I don't know what it is. I always go to the pump and poor, poor Omnipod. They probably just think I suck at inserting them or something. So I'm always calling like it just quit working. <laughs> yeah. It's tough because in the beginning, I get that feeling. Like, especially when you like probably, I don't know if you came out of any kind of a honeymoon did you have any honeymoon in the beginning? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not even convinced that we're not still in and out of that. So that could be it too. And so, it, listen, if I could give you one piece of advice over 30 minutes, I would say stop thinking it's the pump site and start thinking it's the amount of insulin. Okay. That would be my best end to find a way to bribe the kid into pre-bolison. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm working on, man. Yeah. And totally... <laughs> Because I know if we could do that, our world would be a, it would change for sure. It changes. So I was going to say earlier, can I take a sip of water? Hold on a second. Yeah. Like asking permission if I can have water. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, was gonna, um, I was, I don't know why, like you came off very paternal all of a sudden. I was like, now I need, <laughs> no, anyway. Uh, yeah, one thing I was thinking earlier that I wanted to say to you while you were talking was, uh, Try not to think about it as segments of time. This is like kind of like a little heady maybe, but I don't consider diabetes anymore to be like tonight, last night, tomorrow, this afternoon, overnight, during the day. I think of it as one continuous nonstop log flume ride. Like I'm just on that path. And we're never getting off this thing. We are just going to go around corners and bob up and down and get splashed. And this is never going to stop. I don't think about, I don't think about it like, oh, look what keeps happening every night at this time. Like I do, like, don't get me wrong. Like I do. If I see a pattern yeah. at a certain time, I think of a pattern as being at the certain time. But I think that once your settings, once your settings are really rock solid and meaning basal and, um, you know, meal insulin and you're definitely pre-bolusing once those things yeah. are happening, it's a, it's such a, in the moment, it's always in the moment decisions. Like you're always making in, like decisions right now for later. And you're just like not getting off this ride. Like it just keeps going. Looking back sometimes is, is a hindrance. And that's really kind of like wavy gravy and hippy dippy thinking. But like, I try to step back so far that I see the really, really, really big picture about what's happening. And in my opinion, the big picture about what's happening to everybody is timing and amount. And once you cause a problem by missing out on that, now you're just, you're off the timeline now. Like now yeah. time's running ahead of you and you're somewhere else and you, you need to sync back up again, which is why I tell people like crush it, catch it, start over again. Like don't, yeah. keep, don't keep chasing it because only really like, like I can, I can chase and, and win, but chasing and winning is hard for most people until you've really been around the insulin for a really long time. And, yeah. and I, does that make sense to you? Because a lot of made up words in there. So tell me if no, that it, sense. it makes perfect sense to me, honestly.
The Omnipod insulin pump has been in service with my daughter since she was four years old, and she will turn 18 this summer. That is 14 years of wearing an Omnipod every day. Why do we make that decision? Well, there's no tubes to get in the way. You're not going to get your tubing caught on doorknobs or drawer handles or anything like that because there just isn't any tubing. The Omnipod is tubeless. Arden doesn't want to do injections, so with the Omnipod, she doesn't have to. So if you're ready to ditch those daily injections or send your tubed pump packing, you can try the Omnipod today. It's a tubeless, wireless, continuous insulin management system. All you have to do is go to omnipod.com forward slash juice box. See if you're eligible. Actually, Omnipod has a 30-day free trial of the Omnipod Dash that you may be eligible for. You'd be able to find that out at my link. And if you don't want to get started today because you're thinking, you know, Scott, Omnipod just, they just said the Omnipod 5 is coming out. I'm going to wait. Well, you really don't have to wait. You could get started with the Omnipod Dash right now today. And then when the Omnipod 5 is available and you are eligible through your insurance, you can just switch from your Omnipod Dash to the 5. That's Omnipod's promise. You know what they call that? The Omnipod promise. It's, you know, it's a pretty basic name. But it's a rock solid promise. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Head over there now. Get started. Just start stretching out your little typing fingers while you're listening. And then as soon as you're done listening, you're typing away. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Oh, look at Scott's right. I just click, 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 click. All done. It was like a mini dance break there. Did you like it? I don't really, I don't remember the music. Uh, Dexcom. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get yourself a Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor today. See your blood sugar in real time. I will tell you what my daughter's blood sugar is now. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to open my phone. I've opened the Dexcom app and her blood sugar is, drum roll please, 78. And it's stable. Actually, I can see at a glance her last three hours, her last six hours, her last 12 hours, her last 24 hours. Not bad, my friends. Not bad at all. I have time here to go over the last 12 hours. Mid-morning till 2 o'clock in the afternoon-ish, blood sugars in the 80 to 90 range, very stable. Around 12.30, excuse me, around 2.30, a little uppity, up, up, up. Right around 1.20, we make a choice to say no, no, no to up, 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 a little more insulin, level that out. 3 o'clock starts coming back down again. We're more in the 105 range. She has a big meal. We don't quite get the bolus in time for her. And she pops up to 130, 135. No matter, we add more insulin. We're just looking at our data and making good decisions. That extra insulin was for fat and protein in the meal that she had today. It was a secondary bolus to the first bolus. I figured out how to do that by looking at this data, and you can too. And now at 7 o'clock... 78 blood sugar. Hey, these are my results and yours may vary, but if you want a great shot at it, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get yourself a continuous glucose monitor. If you're using insulin, they are, I mean, I, I think they're job one. They're the first step. Getting a CGM, 
getting yourself a good solid pump like the Omnipod, this is the way to go. I ran out of music there, but I was feeling all like, you know, serious. So I kept talking. Back to Maggie. And and even your, like you always say, let go of the why. Yeah, it's a big, I think it's a big, big help. Like who cares why, do it. And yeah. looking for three days worth of patterns. before. Like I saw someone online the other day. And somebody said, like, how long do I have to wait after I make a basal change to see if it's going to work? And somebody was like, three days. And I was like, uh, I mean, okay. You know, I was yeah. like, I guess so. But, uh, I, I mean, you know, I'd prefer to turn it up until I get what I want. And if that ends up being too much, then back away from it. But the, yeah. the incremental, like, let me turn it a little bit here and a little bit here, and then we'll wait and see what happens. You ignore the fact that there are all these other variables like growth hormone or quality of the food you're eating or, you know, uh, hydration and blah, 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 all this stuff. You're ignoring that you're not adjusting everything at the same time. Yeah. And so to me, I'm just like, I don't know. To me, it feels like I'm putting out a fire. Like I just turn the hose way up until the flame comes down to where I want it. And then I adjust the hose. So the flame stays where I want it to be. And that's how I think of the blood sugar as sort of this thing that I'm pushing down on from the top with basil. And when I get it at a height where I want it, then that's the right amount of force. And I don't know why you have to wait three days to make those decisions. (laughs) So that's all. Wait till you see a pattern. Yeah, yeah. No, I wait till you see a pattern. Great. <laughs> You'll be crazy by the time you find those patterns, Maggie. <laughs> I know. I I already am slightly going crazy. Literally at like two in the morning, I just kept thinking to myself, Yeah, you know, Scott wouldn't be saying why. Why am I up right now and trying to figure out why he's not coming down? Like just go and do something about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even care why anymore. I'm just like hit it, hit that, then do this and Arden was one, we came out of, uh, oh, so yeah, so the story I told you about switching the pump actually happened yesterday. And then yeah. my brother's here from out of state, and we all went to this bar uh, to get dinner that we used to eat at together before he abandoned us and moved away. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he's an adult, he can leave if he wants to. Uh, so we all went back there, took my mom for my mom's birthdays tomorrow, um, surprised my mom by bringing my brother in from out of state. And now all of a sudden you're in a bar and Arden's like having like nachos, like cheesesteak nachos. Try to imagine that it's nachos, but with a cheesesteak on top of it. And so it's a lot of grease and a lot of meat, which is going to be a lot of protein and a lot of fat. And then the carbs from the chips and there's cheese that's going to slow down the digestion. And then they eat French fries, you know, like all this stuff's happening. And three hours later, we've like her blood sugar is still like really great. And, um, so my niece and nephew aren't from around here and we took them to uh, get water ice, which is something they kind of can't get where they live. And yeah. um, now Arden's eating like a water ice and she's like, I don't think I'm going to eat much of this. And I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, bowls for like 20 carbs and she did 20 and she got a little rise. And so we threw in like 10 more and um, it held on for a while. And then finally probably four or five hours after we had the meal, she started getting a rise up again. Now, I don't think it's the water ice because that's simple sugar. And we kind of we think we squashed out at the time. This is probably fat from the French fries, something like that. And yep. um, I wanted to go to bed. It was late and I didn't want her to be high all night. So I just went in there and, you know, she was asleep already. And I hit her with like 
basil plus one. So I did an hour's worth of her basil plus a unit. And then I just, okay. then I just went to bed. And uh, yeah. I don't even know what happened, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I can look. Hold on a second. All right, I have to pull it up here. So that would have been last night around 12. Okay, so she's heading up. 124, 145. It made it all the way to 155 at, then it started to come down, come down, come down. 105, 111. It tried to rise again. It got to 140. We hit it one more time. And then she was, yeah, she's under 100 about an hour later. And by one or by three o'clock in the morning, she was riding between 185 all night long. Now, did you have to go do that, or doesn't like the looping do that for you? Uh, the loop tried, but the loop doesn't okay. know about fat and protein and all the that's true. The, the really horrible things are Nate at that bar. Yeah. So, uh, I I gave it some help. So I basically translated the fat and protein in my head to carbs, and then just added it as carbs. That makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, but those are the things you have to do. If I don't do those things last night. I think her blood sugar goes to 250, 260 and stays there probably for four or five hours at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I don't have yeah. time in those moments to be like, yeah, I wonder what's going on here. I'm just like, yeah, fat, more food, crappy food, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. But you, do you think you'd be like, oh, it's going up for no reason? And no. I, like, I listen to your guys' fat and pro. Like, I don't know if it's weird that I, we aren't seeing that yet with him. I haven't noticed really, you know, even thinking about last night, I mean, he had a goldfish for a snack and then, you know, his dinner was like a half a grilled cheese at like 4 PM, mm-hmm. 5 PM. And he didn't start rising till, I don't know, two in the morning. And I just, to me, I'm like, well, there was pretty much no protein, a little bit in the cheese and the cheese had a little bit of fat goldfish had no fat because i still i do i try to think of the fat and protein the only thing i see for us with him so far is you know obviously cereal and fat right (laughs) that will keep him up for hours and hours but so far i haven't seen like you know if he has a steak or something like that with dinner i haven't seen that later rise yet yeah you could be bolusing well enough to catch a protein rise from a steak and a half a grilled cheese sandwich is a little bit of cheese but i i agree i'd have to agree with you i don't think dinner at like five o'clock is a rise at two a m i think that's yeah that to me seems like growth hormone okay yeah yeah because that's been like the last few nights and and I've changed those pod twice thinking it was the pod and increased his basil and just gave way more insulin than I would ever give him and just not even budge. See, the other thing you, when you change the site, you also kind of reset too. like sites are not great in the first couple of hours Yeah, for some people. So if you are fighting with the carbs or with the growth hormone, and then you remove the pod, you're, um, you're putting yourself in a deeper hole by starting over with a new site as well. Like, right, so if you yeah. really, so I'll say this, if you really think it's a pod and a site in that moment, why don't you inject the next correction? Because if, if you're not getting what you want out of your insulin pump site mm-hmm. and you inject, you'll get it from the injection. 
Right. And I, and I always think to myself to do that, but then I, I always trick myself in my head, like, well, if it does come down, I'm going to wonder if it was the pot or the injection again, even though I know it would have been the injection. <laughs> oh, Maggie, you have a little bit of a voice in your head too. That's nice. Okay. All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> you got to try it to see. The only way you're going to know is to do it a couple of times. To do it. And then, yeah. And, because, and also you'll be teaching yourself what a bad sight looks like too. Because yeah, because we're still definitely. I mean, he went on the Omnipod in February. Oh yeah, you're very new at this. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very new. You'll be fine. It's coming. Just yeah. Keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, try to take a little longer look at things sometimes. But other than that, I don't see. I mean, A1C. What'd you say? Six, seven. Nine, seven, two. Seven, two. Sorry, seven, two. Yeah. Uh, he's eight. He hasn't had diabetes for a year yet. You just started a pump a handful of months ago. Um, yeah. Where does he sit when he when he's away from food and away from meal insulin? Where does he sit stable when he sits stable or does he not? Well, we've just readjusted basils again. Um, we're always adjusting them. But honestly, the kid never goes longer than two hours without eating something um, but he's still kind of, that's why I'm not convinced he's still not honeymooning. Cause you know, one day he can sit, I don't know, in the lower hundreds, sometimes he'll sit at 90 just fine. But usually when he hits the nineties, he's eventually going to hit 80 and then just keep going down. Hmm. Um, you know, like yesterday, I think it was three hours between breakfast and a snack and he just dwindled down into the eighties and sat in the eighties for a little bit. Um, but then we eventually had to have him eat a few Skittles, but not much. What about overnight just, when there's no just growth? Depend, when he overnight, when he's not having a rise, um, he's sitting usually between, I don't know, 110 to 150. It just depends, which is higher than I would like him to sit. No, it's fine. I'm trying to think like 110 to 150 is a big window. Yeah. Um, it, like one night he could be. 110 or 100 all night and just beautiful the very next night no different in food or anything and he'll be 150 all night so maybe these these are like just guessing but maybe there is some honeymooning left and when you don't have the honeymooning helping you your basil's keeping you at 150 and when you do have the honeymoon helping you the basil's keeping you at 110 which is an indication that at some point that basal rate's not nearly enough. Yeah. How can I ask how much he weighs? He is what was he? I think he was like fifty eight pounds What's last his, time we went. Do you know what his basal is in an hour? Um well during the day he's at point three. Mm-hmm. And then um at night they did have him at point one five. I put him back up to point two right now hmm. i change it a lot though <laughs> thinking so i obviously... we were having lows for a while at night so i put him back down to 1.5 or 0.15 and then i put him back up to 0.2 and then the past few nights i've been giving him or i've just been doing like a 100 percent increase for an hour or two just to try to get him down yeah so i don't obviously i do not have nearly enough information to like say anything meaningful to you but can we speak uh existentially for a second um yeah okay i think it's weird that his basil overnight is so much less than during the day yeah his 
he he almost never goes low during the day. And I mean, uh, we we've just increased his daytime basil when we went to the endo. She actually she increased his basil and then decreased his carb ratio. Oh well, you just did she think she that he was getting low after meals? Well, she said she's like you know um, he should be fifty percent basil, fifty percent. Oh, boluses I don't and that's did. definitely not where he was yeah, I, and i just i let her do her thing um literally the very next day i changed all his um carb ratios back i put him lower i was like this is, doesn't make any sense so she so she wasn't <laughs> diagnosing anything she was just moving basil to bol uh, bolus to basil basically yeah to get to and i think she was a little thrown off too she you could tell she didn't really know what to do she was just trying to get to this 50 50 number yeah basically yeah. well that seems arbitrary. i'm like that does I, to me that doesn't make sense because one thing he's an eight-year-old kid that eats all day long and most of the time it's crap junk junk food so we're giving a lot of insulin <laughs> mm. I, so i would like what do i like i like there to be in my mind the basil i like the basil to be as low as possible Okay. And for it to hold you steady at like 85, 90 yeah. in that range, right? So mm -hmm. that may make you have to be more aggressive with meal insulin, right? Okay. But that's like, in my mind, that's the balance I kind of want. I don't, I don't care what the ratio is from basal to bolus. Like if it's 50, 50, like that seems kind of arbitrary to me. Like if what, I mean, what if you eat a lot of food but in a small eating window. Like what if you're very carby for at lunch and dinner, but not at breakfast and overnight, exactly. no, right? Like, so I like the basil to work and do its own work. I don't like to mask problems with basal insulin. So I don't yeah. want there to be like, I don't want you to be feeding the basil ever because I like to see when the food's gone and when other major impacts are gone, that your blood sugar just wants to sit in that 80, 90 range and stay there. Yeah. And that to me would be your goal is to, is to do that. Also, I mean, if he's 0.3 during the day and 1.5 overnight, I think those are the numbers you said, and he's drifting up overnight, well then, I mean, maybe he needs more basil overnight too. Yeah. And I just increased that as well. Again, we, I, like I said, I go back and forth all the time because sometimes we'll start going low at night, but I've increased the nighttime basil um, and it's hard to see his daytime. I mean, like I said, he eats all the time. Hey, overnight, the only time. What's that? I want to, before I forget my thought overnight, sometimes he gets low overnight. Does that mean that he drifts low, you fix it and he drifts low again? Or does it mean he drifts low, you fix it and it stays up? He drifts low, we fix it. It stays up. Okay. Then that's, not, and then that's not basil then. Okay. Because if he kept, if you had to keep feeding him to keep him up, then, then the base yeah. is pulling him low, pulling him low, pulling him low. But if you're having a low, you fix it once and it stays up, then that to me indicates an issue with like a late night snack bolus or, or even maybe your basil's too high in the preceding hours um, before the low. Yeah. So even up to two hours, like if you see a low consistently at one o'clock, you might want to turn your basil down at like 11 p.m. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
That makes sense. Is any of this helpful? Yeah, totally. Okay. Because I'm swimming trying to like picture your life and I've never seen it before. <laughs> like just trying to keep everything in my head as straight as I can. I'm sorry, you were going to say something. I cut you off. I apologize. Do I don't know? Oh, yeah. I was just saying that it's it's hard to know his daytime because, I mean, the only time he might not eat for like three hours in a row will be if he's like playing video games. <laughs> okay. So here's what I'm going to say. Sometimes I'll let him play video games for three hours just to, so he doesn't eat and I can see where his blood sugar goes. <laughs> Here's what I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you this. I don't think you can understand any of this until you start pre-bolusing the meals during the day. Yeah, I know. Because you're probably just creating the first problem, right? So for people listening, and I think, Maggie, it sounds like you listen enough that you understand what I'm about to say. But uh, you eat and don't bolus. Food drives up your blood sugar. You throw in a bunch of insulin. <clears throat> the insulin can't overwhelm the food as it's in your system. It tries and it tries and it tries. You sit high. Eventually, I'm losing my voice. Hold on a second. That was embarrassing. Sorry. Eventually, the food digests out of the system, leaving behind the unbalanced insulin because you didn't pre-bolus. Blood sugar starts to fall, but he eats so much, you don't really care. So you put in more food restart the unbalancing he gets higher you put the insulin in i'm dying here maggie this is the end hold on (laughs) oh my god the 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 the, um the process starts over again and then it happens again food's in it's causing a high insulin's in it's in too late it's fighting 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 with the carbs can't overwhelm it, food digests, leaves the system, comes back down. Does this sound like what happens? Oh, absolutely. All day long. I mean. So you're now trying to figure out a problem at 1 a.m. that's based on you not pre-bolusing breakfast. (laughs) Probably, yep. So so this, by by the way, incredibly common, Maggie. Talk to a lot of people. This is incredibly common. So you cause a problem the first meal of the day. Or even have basil too low overnight, which comes into the morning too high, and then you don't pre-bolus, and now, boom, we're off to the races. Up, down, up, down, up, down. It's happening more and more because he's eating so much. Eventually, the end of the day comes, he stops eating. All of this unbalanced insulin is left from the last meal, drags him low. You start thinking, oh, he gets low overnight. And that becomes your focus. When I'm telling you what your focus should be is pre-bolus. And none of this will happen. Yeah. I fixed oh, I, the whole problem. I fullheartedly agree with you. I think if we can somehow bribe this kid to pre-bolus, He's I think eight, our lives right? will be much easier. Yeah. You know, in the 70s, you could hit him. But now. I'm, I know. I'm not, again, I, <laughs> I hope people understand. I'm kidding. But uh, there's got to be something that, although I'm, they, I mean, if it was the 70s, you probably would just pull him into a corner and be like, listen to me. <laughs> oh, hell yes, I would. <laughs> but instead, we're all evolved. Okay. We know we can't uh-huh. do that. Right. We figured that out. And so um, you need to motivate him to pre-bolus his meals. Is there anything yeah. that's happening to him health-wise that he wished would stop? Like, I mean, does he hate this whole process or does are you catching it in every spot so he doesn't really notice it's happening? He probably could care less. 
Hmm. Um, he doesn't complain anymore, even, you know, with, with site changes or anything. He's just like, whatever. I mean, he gets frustrated sometimes when he's trying to run out the door to a friend's house or something, but, um, he just will go and, you know, he'll, he'll do his own boluses and everything, but he's entering the bolus as he's eating the granola bar. Um, well, with a granola bar, that might not be bad because that might not hit him right away. Like there are some foods where you don't have to. Is everybody ready for me to contradict myself after 55 minutes? There are some yeah. there are some foods you don't have to pre-bolus. Because <laughs> they take so long for your body to start digesting. So, yeah. so you can get away with not pre-bolusing a granola bar as an example. Because, it, it, you know, unless it's all covered in sugar and chocolate and it's not really a granola bar. But like a real healthy granola bar goes in your stomach. Oh, no. You- we're talking like Kirkland brand. So I'm sure it's. Okay pure sugar and and chocolate then then we still want to pre-balls um but listen i know that's so hard i don't i i you've gotten to the end of my understanding like how do you motivate an eight-year-old to wait 10 minutes before you eat some because we're really only talking about starting with 10 minutes and just like give give me 10 minutes um money he's too young for girls Um, i've tried the money thing and i still but he's also like Oh, you owe me a dollar because I pre-bolus and his, his concept of pre-bolusing is the insulin all going in before he takes a bite, not waiting. To- <laughs> I pre-bolus. I'm like, no, no, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. The only thing that motivates him is, is video games. So then do it. that might be our next thing. I'll know. tell you right now. I, I think it's super simple. <laughs> tell him you need a 10 minute pre-bolus before every meal and every minute he pre-boluses is an extra minute of video games. And that way, if he eats five times a day, he can build up 50 minutes of video games. That seems pretty yeah. reasonable to me. He, yeah, I mean, that, that might actually work for him, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to, because then it'll become, you know, the truth is, is it'll become habit at some point and, you, and you'll kind of forget about all this and it won't matter. Like he'll just start pre-bolusing after a while. He'll just get accustomed to it. I mean, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, but still, like, there are times when Arden bolus and I'm like, you gotta wait. You have to wait. I see you unwrapping that thing. Like, just like wait a little bit. I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I know. You should have thought of that 10 minutes ago and bolus. And it's not always gonna yep. be possible. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not always gonna be possible. So no. when you mess it up, crush it, catch it, start over again. Don't chase throughout the day. Um, but at the same time, if you want all this to get much easier and for you to stop talking to the voices in your head, trying to figure out what's happening at two in the morning, I think yep. that's the, that's the first step, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Cool. And I just want to, you know, trying to master it before I've got two of them like this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> that <is> gonna, <laughs> oh, how can I ask you? I know we're up on your time a little bit, but, um, no, you're fine. What is it? is it in the back of your head all the time? My kid's about to get diabetes or do you not think of it because you already have a kid with diabetes and it doesn't seem as dire as it did the first time? No, it's uh, they are such opposite kids that it's always in my head because my oldest, who's my 10 year old who does not technically have it yet. He's just, uh, he's, he's a different breed. He, uh, first of all, his skin is crazy sensitive, so I don't know how he's going to wear anything. Um, and then he's just, uh, he's super, he's just a sensitive kid period. So, you know, even doing finger pricks on him is a very big, like he's got to take a lot of breaths and sit down and contemplate it. He analyzes everything. Um, so Mm. I just, 
I just worry for him. Like, I feel bad. I think about it all the time, like what he's going to go through and it's going to be a pity party for him. He's very dramatic, I guess, put it that way. <laughs> so people have said it's going to be, yeah, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be something different. Whereas river, my, my middle son who has it, he's like, whatever, kind of go with the flow kind of kid. He actually mm. didn't care from the beginning. Really? Wow. Maybe you should have called them all river and they all could have gone with the flow. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the other one's name's not damn, is it? Because that might have been your fault. <laughs> right. No. Um, Let's just hope uh, I have a two-year-old, too, as so we're hoping he doesn't eventually yeah. test. <laughs> I was wondering, have you ever taken a little sliver of, like, adhesive from Omnipod or Dexcom and stuck it on your other son to see how his skin reacts to it? I have not. The only way I know that his skin was really bad was um, when they when they did the trial net testing he had to go in for an iv and the tape for the iv for four hours on his arm just i mean his arm just swelled up and was awful for a good day but um i should try that because i actually have like you know um an eos or what do you whatever you call those older pods Eros, yeah. They yeah they accidentally sent me one time i could put one on him and yeah. then even just the adhesive but, like you pull the pot off it and just stick the adhesive to him yeah I should. I, I'll tell you, if if you're really worried that adhesive is going to be an issue, understanding how to get ahead of that will save you so much. I don't I, I don't even have the right word. I was going to say hassle. I was going to say drama. It's not enough. Like if people have adhesive allergies and have to wear medical devices, it's a really serious problem. So if you can figure yeah. out a way to get ahead of it before it becomes a, a thing where you need to stick something to them, I think you'd save yourself a lot of headaches, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely will. Uh... I'm sorry. Definitely start looking. No, we'll start looking into things and try. I'm hoping when Dexcom does all their new adhesive trials. They're doing them, them now. Will. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they'll figure something out. Um, it, the Absolutely. You know, I, I, it is, it sucks too, because if you have that problem, it's of course of a paramount uh, issue, but it, it's not most people. Like most people don't have any problems with the adhesive. And so you're trying, yeah. you're trying to figure it out for a small segment of the population too. And, Hopefully that makes yeah. it easier to figure out. I don't, I don't know, but and he's a like I said, he's a very dramatic. So <laughs> I can only imagine how he's going to handle that if he gets, you know, even a red mark from it. I, I, uh, I put up an episode today that obviously was like recorded like forever ago, um, and I'm in there. I'm talking about I had a a pain in my back for a while, and I was talking about how I was like walking around the house, like I'm dying. This is it. It's over. Everyone say goodbye. Yep. Like, you know, so maybe, hopefully, uh, I don't know how that happened, but I know I felt I was in pain at the time, and it felt very important to let everybody know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that that's exactly him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> how how old's the youngest? Did you say two? He just turned two in June. Will you do trial net for him? Uh, I yeah, I think so. Um. I know my endo had mentioned maybe waiting a little longer to do it for him because if he comes back negative, then we wouldn't be able to test him again through trial net yeah. once they're negative once. Yeah, they have an um, issue with how they're funded where they can only do it one time. I actually can yeah. have them on at some point. I'll have to ask them to explain all that to me. Yeah, but I know there's other places that will test too, but I don't know. I, I probably will, even though I, I kind of don't want to, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, right? So Yeah, exactly. Maybe if you know, you can do something. Who knows? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping maybe they the first two 
had some sort of virus together. Oh, oh, I see. And maybe those are my hopes and dreams. Yeah. Uh, let me explain my hopes and dreams to you. I hope and dream that <laughs> my children got sick at the same time, and that's why this is happening to them. Uh, exactly. Well, I mean, at least they didn't get r- rubella or whatever else your husband can get. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he gets some weird stuff. It, yeah, you were making that list earlier, and I was like, her husband got diseases like that, like the hookers and like westerns get. <laughs> like I was like, Wait. oh yeah. yeah, we went to Mexico back in like March this year, and he got something that I mean, I have showed every one of my nurse practitioner friends, and I mean, nobody can explain what some weird skin stuff came up on him. Wow. Just oh, but so, so weird. So he's got he's maybe his skin sensitive like your son's too. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, he's got a little ginger on him, so a little ginger. <laughs> <laughs> he he has some all, ginger. <laughs> yep, they're all sensitive skin. Uh, he he has some ginger could easily be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Easily, easily. Because the rest of it, Maggie, we're laughing through it. The rest of it's really sad, and I don't know what else to do. Like, it's just, <laughs> like you've, you've laid out a rather sad story. And um, <laughs> are you doing okay? I do want to ask you at the end here, like, how are you doing personally? Are you holding it together, or is it starting to get to you? Um, I'm holding it together. I think uh, the sleepless nights here recently are tearing me down a little bit, but I'm holding it together. I was uh, pretty much like a, not really a closet alcoholic for a while, but I turned to a lot of drinking for a while. <laughs> so, was that, but I'm not doing, what's that? Uh, oh, go ahead. You, you're not doing. I'm not doing that like I was. That, that was my coping mechanism for a while. Oh, that's interesting. So I, I it's got to be the only podcast where somebody's like, I was drinking to cope. And then the person goes, that's interesting. But um, I, do, <laughs> I do find it interesting. Did you, prior to the diabetes, did you drink to cope then? No, not. I mean, I've always like enjoyed like, you know, having a beer or something after work or whatever. Um, but not, I think COVID kind of started it and then, uh, diabetes hit. And that was just like my, it's basically what would put me to sleep at night almost, or, you know, just my way of coping and trying not to obsess on it and think about it all the time because I'm a very obsessive like I will think about something until I'm blue in the face so you and were it just, would just be my way to relax really yeah, you're trying to shut your brain off yeah pretty much how long did you do that before you thought I should probably stop doing this um probably I mean quite a few months yeah really honestly I just told myself a few weeks ago like okay you know, got to yep. take the drinking down a little bit. You got, you got worried. You got worried for yourself. <laughs> Not every night that, and it's real exhausting. If uh, you have alarms going off all night and you had two drinks before you went to sleep and you just want to go to sleep. <laughs> so have you replaced that with something else to help you or are you just, what are you doing? No, I mean, I definitely have to take something to sleep at night or I will like listen and, you know, think about it all night. So, you know, a good Benadryl usually will do the trick for me. Yeah, I was going to say you could have sex, but you might get another one of those hee hee babies and just have a problem again. So, uh, yeah, yeah we're fertile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously you're 10, eight, two, it just sounds like you took a break in there to save some money. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Had to finish nursing school and stuff. So. <laughs> 
and they're all boys. Yeah, that's going to become a problem at some point. That they're, uh, oh my god, my mom had three boys, and even last night at her part, you know, we're uh, together. She's seventy nine, and I still look around. And I was like, oh, like one like well measured girl in the mix would have really just helped her. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're that not was, getting that uh, though. You're, you're, you're you keep having babies. You're going to keep having boys, and that's going to be that. I know. Well, yeah. my husband wanted to go for a fourth for a girl, and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> was that before the diabetes? Yes. Yeah. That was before. Ha- yep. Has he said that since then? Oh, no. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Calmed him right down. How involved is he in all this? He's there. I mean, he's working from home now um, after COVID and everything. So um, he's definitely, we both, you know, we, we do a lot of texting diabetes from you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he's pretty involved. Uh, we definitely, uh, we get in little tufts about it because, you know, he thinks I, he thinks that I think I'm always right. Cause I'm a nurse, which I don't, but, or if I correct him on something, no matter what way I approach it, it's offensive, which I get it mm-hmm. either way. So, yeah, but he does, he does good. I don't, I don't worry, you know, if he's home with them all day or anything like that. Right. Well, you'll you'll adapt to all that too. I think you've just described a number of issues that most people have, you know, with trying to figure out the balance of of um who who does what and when can you step in and say something? Like when you step in and say something, are you stepping in because you think something's really going wrong or because it's not the way you would have done it? No, usually if I'm stepping in and saying something, I I'm usually saying it like, well, here, you know, I'll step in and say, well, this is what I did, you know, yesterday or something and and it worked. I don't know if, you know, you want to try it or, you know, so it, it just depends on the day and how I approach it. Honestly, Maggie, are you, taking, I, are you taking responsibility for your tone? I, I don't know if it's my tone or, I mean, he'll admit to you too. He's moody like a woman. So it could be on what type of mood he's in when I bring it up or it, you know, or how frustrated or tired we are of dealing with diabetes when we bring things up. So it goes both ways. I have to meet more people from Arizona. I like the way you talk. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I very much enjoyed just now when you called your husband moody, like a woman, for some reason, I was like, well, that's, that's not a statement people are generally willing to make in 2021. So, um, Oh, that, he'll admit it too. Yeah. He knows. So, yeah, well, listen, he's everyone's stressed out, like, right? It's mm-hmm. a ton of stress, obviously. Uh, I just wondered, absolutely. I just wondered if you were saying, like, sometimes I come at him in a way that I understand his response. Yeah, I would, yeah, probably okay. sometimes, but sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm coming in a very neutral, like, hey, no, I was just bringing it up because I didn't understand either, or I just learned this today or something. Yeah. Are you guys in still- your 30s? Yeah, he won't be a person for like twelve more years, so you're fine. You're gonna have to ride that out. It takes a uh, yeah. lot. It's there's a very um, I don't know, like I don't know his background. And I'm sure everybody's not like this, but it, it's not hard to feel attacked, you know, for some people. And, yeah, and then you get you're you get defensive, and you're like, "Well, what's wrong? I'm doing a good job. Like, why, you know?" And then it before you know it, you're not talking about the thing you're talking about anymore. So absolutely, yeah, it's a. It's, messy being alive so (laughs) really yeah when you were 18 and you were like oh it's it's gonna be great i'll meet a boy and 
I'll probably buy a house <laughs> or get a car or something and maybe I'll get a job or whatever. And yep. yeah, you were never like, you know, what'll happen is one day I'll say something in a tone and my husband will get defensive about it because of the way he grew up. And this is all going to be very upsetting because one of our children have diabetes. Yeah, it wasn't the, exactly. pa- yeah, it wasn't the picture you were painting in your head, huh? Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? I think we're all in the same boat. So at least we're together. <laughs> That's right. Isn't really that helpful for being honest. (laughs) (laughs) That just makes it a little more tolerable. Well, I I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. I want to make sure that we talked about everything that you wanted to. Did I leave anything out or? Yeah, no. um, Oh, I was going to ask you. Do any, do you, uh, since you are asking a lot of people about things that their um, children had or whatever, do a lot of, do you find a lot of kids with like get type one or have type one? have that molluscum contagiosum which one's that the little the like viral skin infection i haven't heard that one yet i hear hand foot mouth yeah a lot which one did you just say that's called molluscum contagiosum are you googling it i think you're confusing a harry potter spell with uh, with (laughs) no wait i got it here Molluscum contagiosum, a viral skin infection that results in round, firm, painless bumps. A condition spreads throughout contact, spreads through contact with an infected person or a contaminated object. Though painless, the small bumps might itch. Scratches, uh, scratch bumps can spread, infecting surrounding skin. The bumps usually disappear on their own. In rare cases, the bumps can be removed using medications. Two hundred thousand a year, usually self-treatable. Okay, well, the fact that you haven't heard of it makes me happy, so that's good. Okay. By having unprotected vaginal, anal, or oral sex by skin-to-skin contact, handshakes, or hugs. Well, there's a a wide chasm there, huh? I was going to say, that's uh, not happening with my children right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just reading it, how it spreads here, and and it just struck me. I was like, wow, from hugs to... I know. And then when you feel, if you type in, like, toddlers or children, it's, you know... Yeah basically any kind of touching pox virus. Oh, molluscum contagiosum virus is a DNA pox virus that causes, hold on, that causes the human skin infection. Molluscum contagiosum affects about, well, pox virus, um, is I think hand, foot and mouth is a pox virus as well. Is it? I'm I'm looking. I I have to look that up. Because what's the other one besides the hand, foot, and mouth? I remember you had the doctor on well, that co- usually presents as like it. Coxsackie. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. yeah is hand, foot, mouth disease. Mild but contagious. It is that. Okay. Yeah, viral infection common in young children. Sores in the mouth and rash in the hands and feet. Commonly caused is by. Is it a pox virus? Oh, commonly caused by Coxsackie virus. There's no specific treatment for hand, foot, mouth. All right, I'm looking. Hold on. Cox virus. Pox virus. VCZ causes chickenpox, while the Coxsackie virus typically causes HFMD. Symptoms and signs of chickenpox and hand, foot, mouth disease that are similar include rashes that often form blisters, feeling unwell, malaise, and fever. I don't know if I'm going off hmm. something just anecdotal, like where yeah. when Arden had Coxsackie, Adam told her, uh, her pediatrician told her, uh, told us, like, it's like the chickenpox. You get it once and then never comes back again except right. her sort of never went away um i don't know i think we're beyond my uh 
My, yeah, my I'm gonna have to, to look into that. Yeah, we, I'm. I'm not a. Uh, I, 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 you're out of my depth. <laughs> so. Well, I was just curious if you had heard any of your, you know, listeners ask about it. I but fuck. the fact that you haven't heard of it, that's yeah. good. Although maybe I just haven't heard of it because people can't pronounce it. <laughs> I know. I it's very hard. Yeah. Um, I usually have to Google it and I forget about what it's called. I'm like, wait, what's it called again? No, I have to find out. And you, if you let, if you find out, let me know, please, and I'll add it to the end of the episode. Yeah. Cool. I, yep. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on and doing this with me. Um, I hope the rest of your day is better than the hour you spent locked in that little room so you can talk. <laughs> no, thank you so much. I was super excited to come on. Well, you did a great job. Hey, huge thanks to Maggie for coming on the show and chatting with me. And a thank you goes out as well to Dexcom and Omnipod. Don't forget about that Dexcom G6 at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And go find out if you're eligible for the 30, 30, I almost, I can't even say it. I'll try again. Go, <laughs> woo, here we go. And go find out if you're eligible for that free 30 day trial of the Omnipod dash at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Remember the Omnipod promise. You don't have to wait for Omnipod 5. Get yourself a dash today, and as soon as Omnipod 5 is available and covered by your insurance, you can switch. They promise. Thank you so much for listening today. Please remember to go to T1D Exchange forward slash juice box and fill out the survey. It will take you fewer than 10 minutes. It will help people with type 1 diabetes, and it supports the podcast. It must or I wouldn't say it this much. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you appreciate the podcast, eh, go fill out the survey, please. All you have to be is a U.S. resident who has type 1 or a U.S. resident who cares for someone with type 1. I'd also like to remind you that we have a Facebook group, and it's pretty gosh darn terrific. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's a private group. It has over 20,000 members, and the only thing it's missing is you. That was hokey, huh? And the only thing it's missing is you. Head over today. Uh, I, honestly, it's a great Facebook group. I think you'll get a lot out of it. You should give it a look. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. If you promise to go check it out, I promise to stop saying hokey things I heard on commercials in the 70s.